Six Monthly Report Over the last six months you may have participated in coaching, enjoyed reading the blogs and listening to the podcast, and over this period of time you will have collected a significant amount of information which from time to time needs to be collated and stuck together in a way that is digestible and most importantly usable. That is the purpose of this report. Disorganized knowledge leads to confusion. This is a very important aspect of professional growth because there is an abundance of supply of information of what to do and how to do it and when to do it and who to do it with that if you add it all up just leads to one humongous mess. If you take what I teach and take what others teach and take what you learn at work and take your own experiences and put them all together it becomes what I call spaghetti mind. In order to prevent this I'm going to organize the last six months of education and learning both individualized and as I've done with groups in corporate training into six main categories as illustrated in the graphic above. There are three fundamental words that I believe we all can attach to right now in the world that will make a huge difference. They are live, love, life. I'm aware it's not the first time you've heard the three words put together. However it does make for a really interesting concept because if we can enable ourselves to live, love, life with enthusiasm and all the inspiration we have wrapped up in the inner wealth technologies, living in harmony with nature as we are part of nature then it's a very powerful and unique proposition, a paradigm that we can share with others in the world. The one significant thing that has changed in the last six months that I have been helping people work their way through is domestic relationships that have become exhausted. I think the COVID lockdowns and the change of working environments from offices to home has driven people into a very intense circumstance. That circumstance is quite unique and we need a different and more powerful ways of holding our space without pushing people away. I think it's time that this, as I wrote in my Inner Wealth book some 20 or more years ago, becomes an individual responsibility for those who really want to make a difference in the world. 1. Live, be totally inspired. The concept of being inspired is quite profound and uniquely different to what is the normal everyday modality of people's way of life. When we are motivated we use carrot and stick type analogies to cause us to want to get up in the morning and go kick back for a day at work. In contrast to this when we are inspired the carrot on the stick lose their influence and our own intrinsic appetite for life drives us forward. I guess we could call this living the Zen lifestyle. The challenge of living inspired is that it requires discipline. The definition of inspiration is when the inner voice speaks louder than the outer voices. But to hear this invoice is the secret. Every human being on earth has an invoice but the noise that goes on in their brain and around them becomes so overwhelming that they can't hear themselves think they can only hear what others think. Ultimately that leads to a type of compliance and laziness because of the incredible difference between the discipline required for inspiration to be louder than motivation. But the difference in quality of life is astonishing. An inspired individual starts the day fulfilled, goes to work feeling fulfilled, is not looking for others to fulfill them, and therefore start the day authentically. What this means therefore is that an inspired individual has homework to do before they go to work. It's not just a matter of going to the gym or running around the block a few times in order to exhaust themselves before they sit down in an office chair. The other unique thing about being inspired is it is not combative. Motivation teaches people to be combative. With combative thinking we take so much of what happens at work personally and we lose perspective so easily. Even the smallest things become quite radioactive. Here's a short list of what we have talked about over the last six months about what to do to be inspired when you go to work and what to do before you leave home in order to make sure that you're in a really good headspace when you get to work. 1. Wake before dawn. 2. 
Do self-talk on a formal sheet of paper, motivate, instruct, reward 3. Experience the beauty of micro and macro nature. Connect and be thankful for. Stick to the same breakfast time, food and process daily. 5. Walk a chi, build your energy. 6. Denials, affirmations and visualizations. 7. Listen to podcasts and evolve en route to work. 2. Love, a huge heart space. Gratitude, presence, certainty and love have been the four pillars of great work mind space for the past 25 years in my teaching but never more important to have these forwards been than over the last six months when the stress of life has invaded most people's consciousness. Your mindset travels with you throughout the day at work and there is no value in waiting till the end of the day to arrest stress that may during the course of the day cause untold problems and loss of reputation and brand. Gratitude, presence, certainty and love are the four checkpoints that you can use from the beginning of the day to the end and if any one of these four is missing you need to stop and take a break. It goes without saying that the tools to achieve these states of mind each of them separate, are unique. To achieve a state of gratitude one must be able to see what has happened in the past in the context of where we are going in the future. The backstory, i.e. what happened to us, must be connected to the front story, where we are going. There is no use trying to be thankful without this link between backstory and front story. There is a vanilla form of gratitude which means we are thankful for the things we really like and we are unthankful, want to change, the things we don't like. This is not what we are talking about when we talk about universal consciousness, and an understanding of the real meaning of gratitude. We also know that what we appreciate grows, therefore there is no use going to work to build your empire, being unthankful, because what we don't appreciate, appreciates. There's no use building something that we are at the same time pulling down with our mindset. This concept puts paid to those people who love to complain and moan and groan and whinge and bitch about other people and their situation. Gratitude transcends the pity party. The tool to achieve presence is interest. Take a child and put them in front of a television set but put on the television something they don't want to watch and they will have no presence. They will complain and grizzle and get agitated and start poking at their brother or sister and the next thing you know there's a fight on your hands. Well adults are just big kids, and if what we are doing at work is not of great interest to yes we will do the same as the kids do we will lose presence and become a nuisance to ourselves and everybody around us. We've even talked about leadership having a responsibility to witness those who have lost presence and weed them out as quickly as possible before they contaminate the whole garden. I know it's tough talk. Certainty comes under a completely different heading. When I have done workshops with some companies they have asked me not to use the word because they confuse it with hard-headedness which blocks innovation. They ask me to use words like clarity, confidence or resilience. And I obey. But certainty does not mean those things. We know the universe is constantly changing, so do his nature and so too are we so it's very hard to trust the unknown because everything is always changing. There is however, a predictability in that change. And this is where wisdom takes the place of knowledge. Wisdom is the instantaneous recognition that a crisis is a blessing. How do we do that? Well it's quite easy. We understand and study the application of the five universal laws of nature. Those five universal laws of nature are always present in every situation no matter how diverse or how crazy it seems on the surface, the five universal laws of nature exist in everything. Therefore, with the knowledge of those five universal laws, and the ability to apply them we can become very very confident about the direction change is going to take place. And this leads us to the word certainty. 
Certainty is not where change is going it is certainty that the universal laws of nature exist in every situation we will ever witness in our entire existence. That's the certainty, but the application of those laws is the journey. Last but not least is the application and the tools to enable us to live with love. The love we are talking about here as you will know is not the meuchi meuchi kissy kissy love but the unconditional love, the Zen love. Zen is detached. There are many ways that we can converse about this including the consciousness cone which you will be aware of shares our thinking process from God to all the way to love too, the emotional shower which balances out the emotions that are in opposition to love, and the discard process which, when it comes to judgment, is an unbeatable process for evolution. We evolve to love and when we lose love we have stopped evolving and nature has some pretty mean tricks up her sleeve to cause that stopped evolving to start again. 3. Life, Vision with a Purpose If you said you were sick of me saying that you would not be the first one. Vision is everything and the quality of the vision determines the quality of your life. Your vision sits inside of you, whether you know it or not, and every decision you make, every feeling you have, every emotion you have is tied back to that vision. Your values are linked to your vision and when you are working on your highest values you feel the best and when you're working on your lowest values well we know the answer to that. But I have been emphasizing over the last six months is the necessity for all seven areas to be engaged in a vision statement because all seven areas are important to us. A person who is obsessed with their work who suddenly gets sick realizes they may have overlooked something very important, their health. Person who is spending hours and hours swimming in a pool or training for a triathlon who suddenly gets a bad performance review at work all the business starts to fail might suddenly realize they overfocused on health and forgotten about their business career. When creating a vision statement we are only taking what is already inside of us and putting on a piece of paper. The purpose of doing that is to make us accountable for what we already have inside of us instead of being random and suddenly acting like a firefighter who extinguishes emergency flames every time something goes wrong, or who is at the mercy of a partner, who has their own vision and can't understand what ours is because we haven't written it down. These internal conflicts we have between what to do next and whether to follow somebody else's pathway, causes huge internal disruption, sleeplessness, anxiety stress and many alcoholism problems. So getting this vision down on a piece of paper and then sticking it up on the wall with a dream board is really really important to mental health. But you won't see many people talking about this topic in mental health because they rather reduce their work hours from 5 days to 3 and make the problem worse by having no work and no vision. The most important thing when you are employing somebody is to ask them what is their vision and check the quality of their answer. If this person is the exact right person you would love to employ but they don't have a vision it might be wise to help them have one before they start work. Otherwise their work might just be an escape from what they really really want to do. And that is not going to look pretty. You'll also hear a lot of rhetoric about resilience. I always remember the quote, when the why is big enough the how takes care of itself. And in case that's not obvious enough the why is the vision. I've also spent the last six months talking about purpose. The reason we've done this is because until we have a purpose greater than ourselves, which means a sense of service to the world outside of our own little bubble of family and self-created emotional state then all this talk about self-improvement is just narcissism. Narcissism is important from time to time but it can also lead to egocentricity and that makes it really hard to be friendly. In an attempt to avoid narcissism, I use and teach the manifestation process which not only indulges us in the gift of doing a vision statement but also aligns with that vision statement the necessary mindset, purpose, action plan, commitment, 
and daily habits so that we don't end up fluffing around with a wonderful vision that sticks to the wall and goes nowhere. The manifestation process including purpose, is designed to convert narcissism to altruism. What if we said, the most narcissistic person wants to change others, the most altruistic knows they can change how they think. 4. Live, have superb health. If you go on a porn website you will see the definition of superb health in a six-pack or some form of sensual shaping of the body. What this proves is superb health is not necessarily a cosmetic thing. Superb health starts with a superb mindset and a superb mindset starts with self-talk. It's obvious that a great-looking body with a six-pack and huge packs, is of little use if we're talking to ourselves as if we were our own worst enemy. I do believe in the necessity to have a portable device on our body that measures our depot health. Garmin, Apple Watch, or a ring and many others are examples of ways that we can measure our true health is related to the underlying stresses that exist in our subconscious, in our muscle structure that we are completely unaware of. When it comes to superb health it's so easy to delude ourselves that because our body weight is getting less and we have the ability to bench press our body weight in the gym that something good is taking place in our health. I'm sure you'll find a good percentage of people who ended up with cardiac problems and or cancer, what completely unaware of the existence of those underlying problems before they surfaced. But they could have been. What we know from the research that's been done around the world is that placebo plays a huge role in physical and emotional health. If we think ourselves to be really healthy it can really have a positive impact but at the same token we can also delude ourselves that we are super healthy by hanging out in gyms and places of so-called health and eat organic veggies and completely miss the truth. There are scientific facts that go to prove that our mind state impacts our physical health. From my observation it's about 80% mindset and 20% life stuff. But that's a guess. Even if it's 5050 it's a big emphasis on thought process. A positive proactive affirmative individual will have a far better immune system than their opposite. Gratitude has been shown to be instrumental in building immunity. I go so far as to say that whenever I get ill it's because I'm ungrateful for something even if I'm unaware of it. But the emphasis over the last six months has not been on this aspect of superb health it has been on recovery. The science of recovery has demonstrated time and time again that people underestimate the amount of time that they need for their body and mind to rebound from a hard day. We evolve at the border of order and chaos and therefore if we introduce chaos after chaos after chaos after chaos, and do not bring it to order then we will eventually burn out and blow a fuse. That fuse is very often physical not mental although the cause is mostly mental. In sharing with you the emotional shower I'm suggesting that on a daily basis we can bring all chaos to order and evolve on a daily basis and therefore become stronger and more conscious in about 15 minutes a day by spending that time on the four columns. For me it's the greatest investment I can make. I love these four columns. I have one client who has been with me for nearly 8 years and has a collection of small books that they have done daily emotional showers in and they have had the most enormous health and success over the last period we've been together. The discipline in doing these four column processes is incredible and the results show it. Most men are angry. Unresolved anger needs alcohol or adrenaline or something in order to handle it. But a four column emotional shower at the end of every day might just save that individual from a lot of pain unnecessary pain, because it opens their heart again, clears their mind, calms them down before they start drinking or eating. At least it's a good step and goes hand in hand with a little downtime out in nature. 5.0 Love, Work Smart There are two things that I hammer home about working smart. 
one of which is a little out of context given that we have been mostly working from home over the last six months. The first is to come home with more energy than you left with in the morning is a sign of working smart. Of course we are not leaving so the coming home thing is already home. But the point of it is that at the end of a day's work we can be more filled with energy than we are at the start. The only way to achieve this is to work with love. If you do what you love and love what you do and you feel like you're being paid for it, and you know that you're adding value because you really love doing it then you will build your energy rather than deplete it. The second is to eliminate the concept of work-life balance. So many people use their home as a balancing act to their incompetence at work for losing balance. In other words a person who says I need life to balance my work is working with incompetence. That individual is living a slow suicide program at best that will result in early retirement. A balanced person is balanced in all seven areas of life. The idea of balancing one area of life against another area of life comes from an era when productivity was dictated by time. If we wanted to get more done we used more time. That's probably about 50 years out of date, and will be 200 years out of date in the next couple of years at the rate of evolution we are taking now with digitization and robots. Let's be clear about this one working with love, being balanced at work is not an option if you wish to be employed and relevant in the future. Those who are running around expecting to be creative, innovative, inspired good leaders but are still using the work-life balance model to exhaust themselves in a day at work and then try to bounce back at night at home, will become like dinosaurs in the ice age. What does balance look like at work? On a very very simple level it looks like body posture sitting at the desk is healthy, Diet during the day is regular and not filled with sugar and heavy to digest carbohydrates. There's a period of exercise during the working day, preferably early afternoon, walking meetings outdoors where possible, discard forms and emotional showers between meetings when things didn't go the way we want, a sense of vision and connection to that vision during the course of the day and self-talk that enables us to be self-reliant. The workplace is a competitive environment and sometimes we get a boss or a colleague or somebody we work with who does not necessarily want us to stay balanced. They might try to stick it to us with blame for a problem or overloaders with workload to the point where we buckle at the knees. But all this sounds very much like a victim doesn't it? Nobody treats us worse than we treat ourselves and when we start accusing bosses and colleagues and other people of trying to deliberately disrupt our balance we are not taking into account or responsibility for our own actions. Thoughts travel through walls with no feelings can pass. Sometimes we are feeling sorry for ourselves and attract more trouble than we expected. I've spent significant time in this six months on the podcasts and the blog making sure that we have enough red flags in our own arsenal to recognize when we are being a victim. It's just too easy to fall into that category because pity loves a party and there are plenty of other people at work who would love to moan and groan and join you in complaining. It leads nowhere good. In the entire universe the question asked by the universe of everything that exists is how do you get more done in less time? If you to summarize the process of evolution that's it. Darwinian theory called it the survival of the fittest. The consulting industry is calling it the illumination of middle management. Technology is getting better and better, things are getting done faster and faster, therefore technology is an integral part of the evolution of the human species on this planet. But if technology is taking over many of the tasks what will be left over is the human aspect of business and this is where, in coaching we have thrown a massive amount of energy to build the soft skills as they're called, of leadership. Working with love is not as easy as it sounds because of domestic circumstances. Sometimes the home life of an individual is not keeping pace with their work life and there is a degree of compromise. 
This battle or wrestling match is really difficult to handle for many people. Not everybody who is having a work problem has a work problem. My estimate would be that 70% of work problem identification would come from the home. And so, once again the concept of holistic self-awareness becomes critical. 6.0 Real Self-Knowledge For the past six months I think I have said the word ego more times than I've said it in the last 40 years of teaching. The reason for it is trying to help students differentiate between real and changeable thinking. Changeable thinking are things like emotions, feelings, judgments, beliefs, opinions, identity, experiences and memes. When we define ourselves by these things we say I am what I think. The difficulty here is that if you can change what you think you can change those things who you are is constantly in a state of flux and there is no understanding of self-confidence. To be honest about 10 years ago I introduced the idea of a constitution. That each and every person born to this earth has a constitution that is given to them at birth which determines some preferences and priorities that they will have throughout the course of their life. I gave it a really good try to share this knowledge in a way that would not get confused with things like personality tests and typecasting. It didn't work when I asked people what their constitution was they would describe themselves from the viewpoint of their behavior and then try to understand what their constitution was. But constitution has nothing to do with behavior it has to do with the physiology of the human being and therefore is meant to be able to give a clear delineation between what is driving a person's behavior from an ego point of view and what is driving a person's behavior from a constitutional or fixed point of view. Again, the intention was to demonstrate the difference between changeable and unchangeable qualities in a human being. What we spent significant time on over the last six months is demonstrating that feelings can be changed in an instant, even with food, judgments can be changed sometimes permanently using the discard form, memes can be changed simply by changing religion or philosophy, thoughts can be changed by associating with people who think differently, life can be changed by changing our environment, and so we have over the course of this last 12 months demonstrated clearly that we are very very powerful in the ability to determine the direction of our life. It also enables us to respect diversity in that people choose to think differently, choose to feel differently, have different means and have inherited different judgments than ourselves. So differentiating ourselves based on those things is quite unhealthy. We've spent significant time in the robotic podcast on Spotify doing day-by-day -day training in the work of success. Success formula demonstrated that we can think whatever we want to think but it's best to think thoughts that take us where we want to go in the future. We can choose our thoughts. Also acknowledge that words without a mental picture of what they mean are empty and that real communication with both ourselves and others comes from images in our own mind of what we're talking about before we speak. We even studied the physical movements of the human body and found that every movement is preceded by a picture of what that movement will look like the body responds. We agreed through the study of visualization that this one science alone can transform an individual's life and the quality of their communication. For many years I ran workshops for a casting agency to teach actors how to embrace the diversity of characters but they might be asked to play and base science of this was the ability to visualize themselves in a circumstance where that character was real inside them. It's no different to a corporate leader or sports star. The reason that I have spent a significant time on this aspect of live love life during the last six months is that I believe this is where the last frontier of human development is still unexplored. Recognize the opportunity we've made a few very important discoveries. I'll list them. 1. Every human has every human trait. The idea that one person has badness and another person has goodness, is absolute rubbish. 2. 
human beings express and repress qualities based on cultural memes and their own personal judgments. One person will express another person will repress. 3. Nobody treats us better or worse than we treat ourselves and much of our self-pity comes from blaming others for treating us badly when really it's us. 4. Nobody beats us up more than we beat ourselves up. This is a really sad realization that the self-talk inside most people's mind is the worst they get treated, not the best. This leads to very unhealthy domestic relationships. 5. Nobody walks their talk we only limp our lives. This is a really important realization because we are very hard on ourselves thinking that we can be perfect in everything we say and do when really we have a public and a private self and they never match. That's realism. 6. The VIP score we have all worked with in the last six months demonstrates that we score ourselves against an expected outcome in each of the seven areas of life. A low score in that chart represents an unhappy situation. A high score represents a happy situation. But each score is dependent on how we see things. Each score compares what we've got to what we expect to have. This leads us to the closure of this six months of learning and begins our next six months with the awareness that expectations block love. That when something isn't going quite the way we like and we score very low we are not appreciating what we've got in the form that it's in and we can. That low scores on a VIP sheet cause even lower scores. And that if you measure the VIP sheet from the inner wealth it will always be 10 out of 10 and if you measure it from the out of wealth it will be based on thoughts, feelings, emotions, memes, expectations, judgments etc. and therefore could be said to be extremely unreliable. 7. Ultimately this delivers us all an individual responsibility to say how I see things is up to me. Conclusion There are two aspects of life, inner wealth and outer wealth. They operate to the beat of two different drums but they can operate hand in hand if there is a vision, if there is a purpose, if there are enough reasons to cause it, and the quality of our self-talk is strong enough, in other words we walk hand in hand with nature into the world of success and therefore create what is called sustainable results. What all this I hope demonstrates is that life is a journey. We are always evolving, the journey never ends, nor should it. I hope with this six-month summary it helps you organize your knowledge and realize what a great gift you have given yourself and how much you have learned in such a short period of time about something so magnificent as your own existence on this magnificent planet with love.